What's up, everybody, and welcome to a very special 100th and the last episode of the Lovecast. You heard it right. This is the last episode of the Lovecast, but do not fret. We are not going anywhere. We are currently rebranding to the Couch Podcast Network, so stay tuned for that. Um, as of now, we are now the Couch, and this is our 100th episode special for the Lovecast, but from now on, all of our episodes will be the Couch Podcast under the Couch Podcast Network. So if you're looking for us, look up the couch and it'll be a red logo. Um, we will be changing over all of our social media and socials. So stay tuned for that. If you're still subscribed to us on the Spotify or podcast, any podcast feeds, you will be now getting notifications saying that the couch podcast is post posting. And that is us. If you subscribe to us on TikTok or anything of that nature, it'll now be the couch. Um, yeah, so... After this episode, the Lovecast will be retiring, and it'll be a new future under the Couch Podcast Network. Um, we will still have Uppercut and the Benchwarmers and other shows all under the Couch Podcast Network. We are now just going to have the Couch Show and the Couch Podcast Network rather than the Lovecast Podcast Network and the Lovecast Show. But we wanted to do it after our 100th episode of the Lovecast because, I mean, it just feels good to do 100 of something, so... We did it, we made it, and now it is time for our new and bright future. I'm sick as fuck. This is going to be my flu game. I'm here with Jordan. We have a very action-packed episode ahead of us because it is our 100th episode. We are going to start by talking about the John Collins-Utah Jazz trade, and then Letty is going to come on with Jordan and I, and we are going to play a game of buying and selling NBA takes. And then after that, Jordan, Butsy, and Zwick are going to do some... NFL over under game total bets and futures picks for the upcoming NFL season. So a lot to get to. First, I want to talk to you, Jordan, about this rebrand. How are you feeling about us becoming the Couch Podcast Network? It feels a little Marcus Smarty, doesn't it? Maybe it hurts a little bit. That's a great way. Of <laughs> it hurts. It it hurts a little, but maybe a little necessary. It makes us better. Maybe the right move. It makes it makes us better. us better. Yeah, better. Better logo, I think. Um, well, more <laughs> catchy name, I think. <laughs> yes. Well, <laughs> no, no. Uh, it is a way, way. It is a way. It is a way, way better logo <laughs> and better name. We no longer have to say, "Oh, what's the name of your podcast?" The Lovecast, and they go, "The Lovecast," and you have to say, "Nope, Love L U B." The and, The Lubecast. Yes. Yeah. So. We're changing the name finally. I think this is going to be where we finally get extremely famous, not that we're not already. So, um, yeah, without further ado, let's get into this John Collins trade. The trade is John Collins to the Utah Jazz for Rudy Gay, a second-round pick, and the key here is a $25.3 million trade player exception. Jordan, these player exceptions never get used. As a Celtics fan, we know that firsthand because we never fucking used ours. Um I believe we got it on the Evan Fournier trade. Um, these trade exceptions never happen. We never end up using them. And I think that was the selling point of this trade was the TPE. So we'll see what the Hawks are doing here in the future. It looks like they're going to be trying to get someone bigger with that TPE. But I don't know if that's going to be the case. Because if you think about it, anyone who's worth $25 million, you're not just going to swap for a TPE. They, If you're selling someone at that value, they're going to want players, picks, and assets back the other team will. So that's why it never yeah. gets used. The smaller TPEs get used to make um, you know, trades work between a guy that's like a million 
to $7 million off. Um, we'll start with you. How do you feel about this trade from the Atlanta side of things? This kind of reminded me of the Brad Beal trade on a much smaller scale because I think the Hawks wanted to trade John Collins for a long time, or at least maybe they should have traded John Collins for a long time, just like we thought the Wizards should have traded Brad Beal a couple of years ago. I think a couple of years ago, John Collins, this trade package would have been a lot better for the Hawks. They yeah. end up only getting a second rounder and Rudy Gay. And it's it's like in the moment, it's not a bad deal because they wanted to get off his contract. He was on a pretty bad contract. He makes um, what over $25 million a year, and I don't think he's worth that money, especially on Atlanta. So I think it's good for them to get off that contract. But, man, John Collins is a good player, and they just got – a bag of chips for him. Yeah, so John Collins, I mean, in 2019, that's his real breakout year. He gets he's averaging 33 minutes per game, 21.6 points per game, 58.3% from the field and 40.1% from 3. That's the big one. He's also getting 10 rebounds a game. He injures his thumb and finger, it looks like one of the two, and he only plays he only ends up playing 41 games in 2019. He comes back for 61 games in 20 or sorry, he goes comes back for 63 games in 2020, and his numbers drop a lot. I mean, he goes down from 21 points to 17.6 percent. Um, sorry, 17.6 points, shooting 39.9 percent from three, so only a one percent drop. And then you flash forward to 2022, and plays 71 games, and he only shoots 29.2 percent from three, and he only averages 13 points. So. From 2019, where he averaged 21 points on 40% shooting from three, down to 2022, 2023, where he's averaging 13.1 points on 29.2% shooting. And he also only grabbed six and a half rebounds per game. Um, I think ever Compared since to I, 10, right? Yeah, compared to 10. That's a big drop off. And he's an undersized big. He's 6'9", um, but he plays like a big. He's very limited um, dribbling and playmaking wise. He's more of a lob threat guy. You used to be able to rely on a shooting. You have not been able to rely on a shooting since that hand-thumb injury. I mean, his numbers have just been dropping 39.9, 36.4, and now 29.2% respectively from three. Um, he's definitely a damaged asset, and if you look at he's been on the trading block for two, three years now. The fact that this is the haul that they got for him scares me a lot because on paper they should be getting a good amount for John Collins, and I think it's one of two things, either – you know, he is has no market and teams think he's damaged goods or this is the market correction for the Rudy Gobert trade. And I can't tell which is which, because if you look at the Beal trade, that's its own thing. You can't call that a market correction for the Rudy Gobert trade because Bradley Beal was under a no trade clause. So they had to trade him wherever he went. If you look at the other major trade since the Rudy Gobert trade, that was the Kevin Durant trade. And they got a wicked haul for that trade. So maybe this could be the market correction between the Kevin Durant and um, Rudy Gobert trade where teams are going to stop giving up as much as humanly possible for, you know, assets and are going to start trying to be smarter and get, you know, a win-win scenario back. But in reality, I think it is that people around the league and teams around the league view John Collins as damaged goods right now. Um, and, yeah, they just got him for whatever was available, the best offer they could get, because it seems like he needed to get out right away. So um, from the Jazz point of view, this is 
this is a great trade. I mean, one, you get off Rudy, Rudy Gay. I mean, he's, he's a solid player, but John Collins is a better player than Rudy Gay. And you still have a ton of your picks, your second-round pick. You now have – you only gave up one second-round pick, so you have a ton of picks on your card. And you have a really solid uh, front court now with Larry Markkinen, Walker Kessler, and John Collins. That's a big uh, fr starting front court, right? Um, did you forget to mention Kelly Olenek in there? Oh, yeah, that's true. That <laughs> they, is slanderous. They, they have a lot of good players in the front court now. I agree. They're they're big everywhere. Collins is also – he's only going to be, what, 26, I think, yeah. by the time the season starts. So they're, they're young. They're talented. They're moving in the right direction. They also have cap space, so the contract doesn't bother them for the time being, and it's a short deal. I don't know when it expires, but it was only, I think, three years to begin with. So I think it's a great move. you got a young guy, a talented guy, and if you can bring out the best in him, maybe his trade value gets back to where it was and he becomes the player that he was, you know, in 2019. So I like what the Jazz are doing. I don't yeah. I don't know if it, you know, is is like a world-breaking trade. Like it's going to really get them over the hump, but I think it's a good piece. Um he's also from Utah kind of. He was born in Layton, Utah, so shout out to that. But yeah, I I uh I think we'll have some takes about this on our buying and selling um takes segment coming up next, but yeah, I think this was a very interesting trade. Um, a guy that the Celtics have been after, but I'm glad we didn't get him, to be honest. I think we're all set um, in our front court. But yeah, I, I, I'm very interested in seeing how he changes under better coaching. Um, obviously, he's been in trade rumors for the better part of two, three years. I can't imagine it's easy to play comfortably uh, in a scenario and with a team that has been shopping you for that long and then I mean it's hard to play with Trey Young um, I think it really is tough to play with him and although his best season he uh, was with Trey Young I am interested to see how playing on you know a better spaced out team with more ball movement and no definite star I wonder how that makes John Collins look so I'm excited for him any other thoughts before we take a quick break and then go to buying and selling takes Honestly, I think I'm good. The one thing I do wonder looking at this Jazz roster is do they you think they start Lowry, Walker Kessler, and John Collins? Does John Collins come off the bench? How does this work? I think he does, right? Um, I I never like doing this because I think it's so matchup dependent. So I don't I don't I think matchup dependent, you think? Against bigger I mean, teams who's he gonna it, start over? Well, I mean bigger teams, it's going to, i would say you start those three guys if you want to go big if you want to go yeah. smaller maybe you you know start him over walker kessler and move larry down to the center um if you want to get really small maybe you do something different um i i think like it's going to be larry marketing can play almost like a small forward kind of thing too so yeah i was that's what i'm thinking too i think you're right i think they yeah. can go either way with it it's a good yeah. point so I, I do think it's matchup dependent though. Like if you're playing a way smaller team, you're not going to want to have those three big guys out there because they'll get beat with speed. But if you're playing like a bigger team or maybe a small team that's slower, you put those guys out there. It, it's it's totally yeah. matchup dependent. Yeah, fair point. It'll be interesting. It's I'm I'm excited for this Jazz team. They have one of the more interesting rosters in the NBA. But let's take a quick break and then we're going to get Letty on and we're going to do buying and selling our NBA takes.
All right, we are back with Letty and Jordan, and we are going to be doing a segment that's one of my favorite segments where basically we give a take, and the other two guys are going to either buy or sell the take. If you buy the take, that means that you think that the take is right and you agree with it. If you sell the take, you disagree with the take and you think it's not accurate. Um, pretty self-explanatory, but if you don't get it, you'll probably get it as we go along. Um, can I go first on this one, boys, please? Yeah, means, yes, you, you can. Okay, so my first take is titled, Houston, We Have a Problem. Um, and <laughs> you have so much free time. You have way too much free time. And my take is that the Rockets will miss out on the free agents that they are attempting to get and will end up overpaying Dylan Brooks or Grant Williams or both on a front-loaded contract. Um, so the Rockets have been tied to the following free agents. James Harden, Brooke Lopez, Fred Van Fleet, Draymond Green, Chris Middleton, Jeremy Grant, Dwight Powell, Bruce Brown, Grant Williams, and Dylan Brooks. It seems evident that Harden goes back to Philly now. That's all the buzz that I've been hearing is that he's on his way back to Philly. Um, why would Brooke Lopez want to go to Houston? Why would Van Van Vliet, Van Fleet, in theory, make some sense to Houston? But why would he want to go have to fight for touches with a bunch of like you know, young guys and be the adult in, in the room and kind of waste the end of his prime not going for a ring. Um, Draymond is definitely going back to Golden State. And Dwight Powell, Chris Middleton, Jeremy Grant, and Bruce Brown are all guys that need facilitators to be optimized. So why would they go to Houston where there's no facilitation whatsoever? There's other than Amen Thompson, which is you know saying something. There's there's no vets on this team at all. Um, to me, Houston has too many young people to add high-rated dynamic vets. They can add some vets that don't play, like your Udonis Haslam, Blake Griffin types that you know bring an adult presence to the locker room. But you can't have you know dynamic vets come in and be added into all this competition for positioning. And they currently have the following players under contract. Jalen Green, Jabari Smith, Amen Thompson, Cam Whitmore, Alperen Sengun, Usman Garupa, Jay Sean Tate, Tari Eason, Ty Ty Washington, Frank Kaminsky, Josh Christopher, and then a bunch of vets and guys that will never see the floor, like DJ Augustine is on is under contract, stuff like that. Um, this roster doesn't need an addition of talent. It has a ton of talent already. Um, I think what you should do is either consolidate for the older players and trades or just keep with the timeline that you have now and figure it out. But I think bringing in you know, high-rated vets like Chris Middleton and Bruce Brown or you know, Brooke Lopez or Fred Van Vliet really doesn't make sense for their timeline at all because you're not going to be good right now with the age of this team. And I know maybe Ime is able to bring some guys over, and that's why I think the Grant Williams, Dylan Brooks things happen because um, Grant Williams and Dylan Brooks have both lost value around the league um, because Grant didn't play. Dylan Brooks is not well-liked at all. Um, so the idea of them uh, committing to being overpaid by Houston makes a lot more sense plus Ime has the connection to grant so i have a feeling that the rockets are talking a big game right now but at the end of the day they're really probably going to add grant williams and or um dylan brooks with all this cap room that they have but to me like i said it doesn't make sense to add vets to this core um because you have you've, you've drafted really well and you're starting to build a semblance of something you're going to be a really athletic offensive heavy team you have a good coach in Ime who's pretty ideal for young players, and he's going to bring some defense to this team. I just don't think that adding 
in reality, what what could amount to one or two really dynamic guys makes them um, elite. So we'll start with you, Letty. Are you buying or selling on that take? Um, I'm going to buy that take, actually. I think the other players that have been linked to Houston like that, with the exception of Fred VanVleet, like talking about Jalen Brown, talking about Brooke Lopez, Chris Middleton, all these guys are on contenders, and like you said, they're older. So obviously they're going to want to compete for championships because they know that they have a limited amount of time to do so in their career. I think I actually don't hate Dylan Brooks to the Rockets, especially on a lower contract than you would expect him to get because he brings a different mentality on defense too, which is something that this Houston Rockets team kind of needs. They need some sort of discipline. I don't like Fred Van Vliet going there because Jalen Green and Amen Thompson need all the touches between the two of them in order if they want to develop correctly and if the Rockets really want to put all their eggs in those two baskets. Um, I think the only thing that would really make sense for the Rockets in this case is to get a Jalen Brown type player still on the younger side, but has some playoff experience and can, can bring some sort of energy and passion to these younger players um, and kind of mentor them through it. But I, I don't hate Dylan Brooks at all on that team. I don't think a lot of people want him. So I think they'll get him for cheap, like you said. And he, Marcus Smart is replacing him in Memphis as kind of the alpha on defense. And yes, he was, He's a pest, and he was a pest this year for all the wrong reasons, but I think he brings some valuable lessons to this Rockets team, especially under Ime. Jordan, are you buying or selling the take? I'm, I am I buy the take, too. I think the big story was James Harden, and I just don't – I feel like that's lost traction, and I feel like the more I think about it and the more everyone thinks about it, it doesn't really make sense for Harden. Philly still has enough and they just brought in Nick Nurse. So I, I think Harden goes back to Philly. And But I also agree that the Rockets shouldn't want a big-name guy like that. Like, if they're going to go pay Brooke Lopez a ton of money, I kind of understand that. At least you get an adult in the room. But to go get a guy like James Harden who's going to dominate the ball and, like Letty said, take away touches and run the offense rather than letting the young guys do it, I, I don't think that gets them anywhere. Yeah, and – not to mention, I mean, James Harden, just from a basketball standpoint, makes no sense. He has this insane usage rate. Um, yeah. I, I would assume he goes back to Houston uh, James Harden rather than Philly James Harden. That, you know, Philly James Harden passes a lot more than Houston James Harden did. I would assume if he goes back to Houston, it's because, as he said, he wants to play the specific style. And that does not make sense with, you know, <laughs> um, Amen Thompson and Jalen Green and... Cam Whitmore. I mean, those are all guys that are extremely ball heavy. And if they sign Kevin Porter Jr. again, I mean, like what what is the the touches are you're gonna be fist fighting for touches on the court. So yeah, yeah I, I think that that's my first take. We'll start with you, Jordan. Can you give us your first take that we're gonna buy or sell? Okay, here's a spicy one. The Ooh. Celtics are the Celtics are still going to trade Malcolm Brogdon. So I just don't think you can bring back this guy after it was reported that you traded him or not. It was reported. You did trade him. The Celtics traded him to um, the Clippers in the Kristaps deal. And it eventually fell through. I think that just breeds like chemistry issues and unspoken unhappiness, which I think is the last thing that the Celtics need. I also think rumors are going to kind of continue to fly until, or unless he gets moved kind of like the Jalen Brown situation. 
And that's just, I don't think the Celtics want that. They also don't have a need really for his scoring. I think it's a bonus, but there's so much scoring on the Celtics roster that we don't really need another guy who can go get a bucket. Like, yeah, it's, it's great, but it's not a necessity. So I think they trade him and they bring in the playmaker and the veteran that we've been looking for. I'm throwing out Mike Conley. Oh. 12 and seven last year, 19, 19 in the playoff game in the win against the Nuggets. I think you go Brogdon for Conley and a couple picks. I'm totally cool with that. All right. Um, So I would sell this trade, except for the fact that it sounds like Brogdon only didn't get the physical done because the Clippers couldn't get to him in time. And the report was that he failed the physical, but that after some digging, that's not the case. It was the Clippers had um, like 24, 48 hours to get um, a physical done with him and they could not get it done in that time frame, And they got scared off, um, which makes sense. I mean, if you're trading, you know, then you have a big three of Kawhi, Malcolm Brogdon and Paul George. That's one of the most yeah. injury prone big threes um, in the league. Um, the other, the thing that scares me is that you would also be getting rid of Morris's money and he is just sucking up money for that team and has no role. So that means they were like really scared off by Brogdon's potential injuries without having to vet him. But I think that he's going to be ready by um, the start of the season. And because of that, I agree with Jordan. I think I'm going to buy this take that he gets shipped off somewhere because you can't really bring him back. Um, he does seem to have the personality that maybe it wouldn't bother him, but I don't know. These guys are all alpha males. So who knows? Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It just depends. It depends on what surgery he winds up having in his elbow. Um, and I don't know. I You kind of almost talked me into Malcolm Brogdon being that creator, that point guard who you've said shown flashes of it in India in his rookie year. He had uh, when he won rookie of the year, he had a ton of assists. I think it was like seven. It wasn't his rookie year. It was like, no, it was, it was on the Pacers. It was like his third or fourth year, but yeah, he, he had a year at seven. But he also won the he won the uh, rookie of the year with the Bucks. Yeah, that was so. Bucks, he yeah. averaged like ten and four that year. Like that was the worst. No offense, to Brogdon, but like that was the worst rookie of the year ever. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't hate it. I'll buy it. Okay. All right, Letty, let's go hear ahead. Your let. take. My take is the Kings are a top three seed in the West next year. Again. Okay. Okay. Give us your reasoning. I, I like it. I think they might even be a top two seed in the West. Um, I think they do what the Nuggets do, just a little bit worse, and they're a little bit less experienced. I think they have a shit ton of cap room this offseason, and I think they might be targeting like some sort of small scoring forward, um, like a Kyle Kuzma, or I don't know if there's even been rumors about them making a, a push at Draymond or – maybe even a Clay Thompson deal, and they take on that egregious contract that Clay has right now. Um, I think they will make a move by the deadline, and I think it's that they're only going to get better. So who's your top three? My top West? three is Denver, Phoenix, and the Kings, but I don't know how it's going to work out in Phoenix with three 30-point scores, so I could see the Kings being number two. And Jordan, yours is Lakers, Nuggets, um... <laughs> I'm assuming Lakers. Mine's Suns. mine is Nuggets, Lakers, <laughs> Warriors, maybe Suns. I don't know. 
we'll see what the Warriors do. I don't I don't like the Suns roster right now. I think they have no depth. So if they fill that out, then I would move the Suns up. But as of right now, I think I would have the Warriors at three, Suns four. As it stands, I I'm selling, but if the the Kings have so much cap room that if they do make that, you know, pick up that Letty's talking about, which I hope they do because I like the Kings more than any team other than the Nuggets in the West. Um, then I I totally am with you. Um, so I guess I'll I'll say bye on the account that they're gonna bring in someone like a Kuzma or a Brook Lopez or a Draymond or a trade Kevin Herter for Clay Thompson, something like that. Um, I think that makes them, you know, better than those guys. But I mean, Nuggets definitely won. Suns, I have questions about. Um, we'll have to see, you know, filling out the rest the back the rest of their roster, and then Warriors and Lakers are the other two that I have up there. But I mean, you have a, another year older LeBron and AD. Um, we'll have to see what they do as well. But yeah, not a. I'll, I'll buy that take for sure. I'm going to sell it. I think there's too many other teams in the West that I like a little bit more. Nuggets are the obvious one. We didn't really mention the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies were the two seed this year. Obviously, they're going to have no jaw for 25 games. They've been so good without jaw. And they bring in Smart, who can at least fit in and be a great defender and a good leader. So I think the Grizzlies could have a better record than them. I'm not saying they will, but like the Grizzlies, the Suns, the Clippers, the Warriors, the Lakers... And the Pelicans, if Zion is healthy and on the court, like I could see all of those teams being higher than the Kings. So I'm going to sell it. The thing the Kings have going for them is they seem to be relatively healthy. And it seems like they're they're good players play most of the games, unlike what you're going to see with the Suns and the Clippers and the Pelicans. So I I understand it, but I don't know. I just and the Warriors and the sleeping, sleeping on the Lakers, sleeping on them. You want to talk about people staying on the court? We're gonna bring up the Lakers. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, uh, let's go. Let's go to my take then. <laughs> wait, 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 it's my take. Actually. And you want to talk about the Grizzlies and the Tyus Jones? No, no, no. The reason they were so good. Yeah, that's what I. Tyus that's Jones. what I was gonna say. Is the Tyus Jones started? He could start for twenty nine other teams, and he would be well, starting for the Grizzlies. Marcus Smart does start on another really or did start on another really good team so i, I don't know what what that's who'd doing. rather have on your who'd rather have on your team right now tyus jones, tyus or jones. on my team i'd rather oh, have tyus jones oh oh okay so what are we arguing about <laughs> on the grizzlies i'd rather have marcus smart i would that feels backwards <laughs> why weird i don't know <laughs> i, I um, mean okay yeah all right I'm- the Spurs spur of the moment move right here. That's the oh, title Jesus. Of this one. Um, <laughs> oh, good God. <laughs> this one is the this one is the antithesis of the Rockets one, and it's that the Spurs will actually use their hefty cap space to entice someone to San Antonio in an attempt to be somewhat good right away. The Spurs have an estimated thirty eight point six million dollars in cap room this offseason, meaning that they can overpay someone to entice them to come play in San Antonio. Players like Brooke Lopez, Austin Reeves, Cam Johnson, Grant Williams, Kyle Kuzma, Bruce Brown, Fred, Fred Van Vliet um, are guys that they can reach out to and try and get to come to San Antonio. Now, this situation is very different because they have a lot of young guys, but still also have a ton of players on their do not have a ton of players on their rosters and have some vet slash older players on the rosters as well. So it's not like the Rockets who have a ridiculous amount of young players on their team. They actually only have 10 play, ten rostered players under contract on their team. You need to have 12. And these players are all players that I really fucking like. Um, they have Wemby, 
Doug McDermott, Devontae Graham, Zach Collins, Ken Birch, Jeremy Sohan, Devin Vassell, Keldon Johnson, Malachi Branham, and Blake Wesley. All of those guys are guys that I'm infatuated with as players. And I think adding wow. in I think adding in um, you know, a guy like Brooke Lopez to mentor um Wemby, they can they can really overpay some guys. Kyle Kuzma would be really interesting. Fred Van Vliet would be interesting as well. Um Austin Reeves and Cam Johnson fit perfectly on this team. And then hell, Grant Williams would fit nicely on this team as well. Um, could you imagine a Grant Williams, Jeremy Sohan um just duo at the forward spot? Like that would be really interesting. I think I think like I really like all these guys and the Spurs need to get to a minimum of 12 players and 90% of the cap threshold. So they have to spend their money right now because they're below 90% of their cap threshold. So they have to overpay some guys. Um, the idea of playing with a guy like Wemby number one, and then under a coach like pop while getting paid a ridiculous amount makes me think that San Antonio is a team to watch for with his free agent names. And with the talent they already have, there are a couple of pieces away from being, you know, a, a high end play in team, maybe a team that can make a little bit of a run, to the first or second round. Um, obviously, they're not contenders right away, but I do think they'll be legitimately good, especially if Wemby is as good as advertised right away. So we can start with you, Jordan. What was your? Are you buying or selling that take? I'm going to sell it because I think you should give Wemby this year to see what he is right away, how good he is right away, if he stays healthy, if he, you know, if he's ready to become like a top player in the league this fast, which. Yeah, maybe he he's going to be like the perfect player that we think he is. But there's also it's so hard to come into the NBA and immediately become like a top 10, top eight player. So I think you you have to let him develop and there's just no need to go spend a bunch of money if you don't have to. I also think the name should be the spur of the moment. Not that's like the Spurs was, spur of yeah, the moment. That, I think you should pause after you yeah. say the spur, so we're, we're, and I think. All right, we'll call it the spur of the moment move. How about that? Yeah, okay. I like that. You're called, welcome. Yeah. Okay, I was playing around ahead, with that all day today, and it was one of those things where you say a word <laughs> so many times. Yeah. All we, day? <laughs> I was thinking, hey, dude, all I do is think about the podcast all day, and um, <laughs> it was one of those things, like, you know when you say a word over and over again a million times, and then by the end of it, it sounds fucking insane, like it doesn't even make sense? That's what this title was like for me. I kept saying it over and over again. It, it was breaking my mind. Um, excuse me, Jordan. The thing is, they do actually have to pay because they are not at their 90% threshold for cap. So they do have to pay someone. Okay, that's fine. I mean, they can go pay someone, but like... Like Kuzma is a guy where he could go... He's. I thought Utah was a landing spot for Kuzma because he can get offered more money. Like the contenders don't have a lot of money to shell out to him. And he's going to be a guy that wants to get a big contract and get paid. So unless he wants to return to Washington, San Antonio is a team that you should watch out for, for Kuzma, because I thought he was going to Utah. Now that they have John Collins, it's less likely that they're going to overpay for him. I, I don't mind Kuzma, but when you said the duo of Grant Williams and Jeremy Sohan, I threw up a little bit in my mouth. That's so a fun that... duo. That's a fun duo. <laughs> it's not a fun no... duo. That's <laughs> a hard-nosed, light-skinned duo right there. It is not a good duo at all. That's, that's like what everyone wants. six points per game between no. those two guys. But Yeah, that's very true. But Keldon, Keldon Johnson... Um, that's fun. Keldon Johnson, Devin Vassell are legit players that I am... Uh, I'm a big fan of um, both of those guys. Zach I agree. Let, let them develop, dude. Don't bring in these other 
big name guys. I, I, I don't know. I just Keldon's I been like in the league when, four years. I like when young teams stay young. Yeah, yeah. but Keldon, like, Keldon's been in the league for four years, and Zach Collins is getting up there. Doug McDermott's been around. Devontae Graham has been around too. Um, I don't know. I think I think a little bit of veterans on this team, uh, you know, could make a good. Blake Wesley is a guy that Celtics should have drafted last year. The guard out of Notre Dame. I don't know if you remember him. No. Oh I'm, man. Uh, I, I appreciate your sentiment, but I'm selling the take. It's already that's, sold. That, I already cashed fine. it in. I just can we talk about Blake Wesley? You didn't make quick? a lot. You didn't make a lot of money from that. No, <laughs> yeah, that's all right. I you sh- you're shorting it. I'll I don't, I don't know where I'm not even going to attempt to do finance talk right now. Um, but Blake Wesley is a guy. I just want to talk about him. Would have been a perfect pick in the second round for the Celtics last season, and we fucking missed out on it. Uh, out of Notre Dame, smaller, hard nosed, facilitating point guard. Be on the lookout for him. Let's put that out there. Um. Yeah, I think what Jordan, low now. I like I like the core that they have. I guess the little core they got going on of Keldon, uh, Jeremy Sohan, and Devin Vassell. I like them playing together. Um, the only free agents I guess that make a little bit of sense to me in this case that they could sign are Jeremy Grant. He's still on the young side, forward, and he could fill it up. Uh, kind of integrate him seamlessly anywhere. But also, like you said. Uh, a veteran presence. I, well, I think Jeremy's going to ask for way too much. I think he's going to ask for like around 20, 25, maybe even mm. 30 around there. So I don't think he's worth it. But I think a veteran presence, like maybe Harrison Barnes, guy has yeah, championship guy. experience, has playoff experience, um, kind of towards the back end of his career. We saw in that King series where the Warriors were kind of just almost leaving him open, daring him to shoot. Um, so I don't know if the Kings are going to bring him back. And if they're not, I think maybe he's someone who could be a mentor to Wemby a little bit just as a winner and also playing under pop could be cool for him, I guess. I th- I think you're um, – Jordan, I, I also – I agree with what you're saying, Led. I forgot about Jeremy Grant, and I should have put him on this list because he's a guy totally that they could just o- – because they have the cap to just overpay. And they could do – I guess the – um. The precedent for this is the um, oh, what's his face? The guy that was on the Bucks and then the Celtics. They overpaid for him in, uh, in Chicago for one year. They did like a front end, heavily loaded, um, con contract one year, and um, so it, it was. I forget his name. It was Jabari something. He was on the list. Jabari Parker. Yes, Jabari Parker. Thank you. I could not think of his name. They did like a really high. So it'd be like three years, thirty million. But it was like. 20 year 20 million in the first year or like 15 million in the first year and then like 7 million the second year and then like 8 you know 4 million and then yeah. 4 million so it was like front end loaded they can do that um they also are are on a lot of uh guys that have one con- one year left on their deal so they can you know really shell, shell out and overpay um in future contracts and then i think you're jordan you're forgetting the restricted free agency situation where why would they not go to the Lakers and offer Austin Reeves a shit ton of money and just be like, all right, Lakers, you have to match that because they can't. So you could go and pull Austin Reeves from the Lakers um, or at the very least just make them overpay for him, which I mean, yeah. like a four-year $120 million contract for Austin Reeves is technically an overpay, but for a team like San Antonio, maybe it's not. And the Lakers can't do that. I think the Lakers will, first of all, overpay for Reeves. The other reason I'm selling this is because it's a spur of the moment trade or or move. 
Is it really? It just sounds like they're signing. I googled a, it. I googled a decent it. free agent. Like, is that really like a big swing that they're taking here? They're just going to be like a a decent maybe make the play in team. So I I don't know. What are you googling? It's in, in spur of the moment means impulsive. I feel like they're just impu- going to impulsively <laughs> throw some money out. That's, I don't think. I don't know. I I just don't think that's impulsive. That's All why right. I don't think it's smart to. I guess take a gamble. I I think if you're going to sign someone, sign him like a one year, 10, yeah. something like that. I don't think it's worth going all in on like Grant Williams for four years. Yeah, that's fair. I, I just don't know Um, on the unrestricted free agents. I don't know if you can get them to be like, all right, so you're going to come here for a year. I don't know if, how they feel about that. Maybe they, I think guys are wanting longer term contracts because the new CBA uh, rule is coming in and it's just going to decimate the middle tier. So if you're able to go to teams that overpay, for longer periods of time, that middle class of player that the Spurs are going to be targeting, I think those guys are going to feel safe going to San Antonio because as the CBA and the um, the second apron comes into play, you're not going to be able to get guys you know, for those middle class contracts anymore, really. Um, you're going to have to go to teams with a lot of cap room, and you're going to want to sign long-term deals and get them out now. You, know? you can tell Max watches or Matt, that Max has league pass because he's so invested in teams like San Antonio and oh, Houston. I, San Antonio. <laughs> I don't think I, I don't, I don't watch a nuts. single Spurs game last oh, year. Oh man. I loved, I loved watching. Well, my boy, my, the guy from my motherland, Jeremy Sohan is on the team. So I gotta, I gotta represent for him in Poland, but also um, the other that's thing your is boy? that, yeah, that's my boy. The other thing is um, I watched a lot of Houston and then I, I could not stop. I couldn't stand watching them later in the season They've they just fell apart. It was yeah. rough. Um, they were, but I now mean, it's not ahead. like they were much to begin with. Like no, they, but in the beginning they were fun. Now and then at the end it was literally just like KPJ and Jalen Green just ripping the ball out of each other's hands. And Jabari <laughs> Smith, who Letty, you weren't you weren't here yet, but Jabari Smith, I was all over him over Paolo. Uh, obviously that take aged horrifically, but yeah. Um, I had what did Jordan Jabari say play. in that whole debate? Jordan was all over Paolo. Yeah. My whole thing was Paolo can't play defense, which was just a terrible take. Did not do my homework on that one. So um, I had fallen in love with Jabari because I saw him play like two feet from my face when he came to Tennessee with Auburn. Um, And ever since then, I was obsessed with him. I was also obsessed with Walker Kessler. I was on him early. Um, I don't know what the fuck we're talking about anymore. But uh, yeah. All right. Let's go to let's go to Letty's take now. What the fuck? You skipped me? Sorry. Sorry. Jordan's take. Jordan's take. Sorry. Okay, yeah. Um, the Lakers will have a top four record in the oh, NBA Christ. next season. Sell, sell. <laughs> Hold for applause. Anyone? No. I'm gonna let no. you sit in that. <laughs> okay. Well, listen to listen to Denver, some of these stats. Celtics. Okay. Yeah. Lakers were 17 and nine after the trade. Guess what? That was good for second best in the West. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, realistically, no, no, no. I'm not finished. Bucks, sorry. Celtics, Sixers. Um, Sixers, no. Denver, Hang on. Let me finish. Let me finish. Suns. <laughs> they're getting rid of Max's guy, D'Lo. Thank they're gonna fucking let him walk. God. Okay. Bring in Fred Van Vliet. Perfect. Yes. Shooting. Playmaking. Bring back Reeves on a way too big deal, which is totally fine <laughs> because they need to win now. And I don't care about their future. Totally fine. Braun, in one of his final years to win a ring, we have no idea how many more seasons he has. He is all in on this team. Um, I he? think 
absolutely he's all in on this team since the trade they were the second best team in the west they almost i mean they they got to the conference finals this year i don't know what what the hatred is for the lakers top if he four, was all in on this swept team, right if he, <laughs> if he was all in on this team he wouldn't have been hinting at retirement after the playoffs I mean, he that was just sad, Bron. That was deflecting. I think that was deflecting and being honestly. That is one of my. LeBron has done a couple of things that I really disliked. Uh, the one was saying Daryl Morey didn't know shit about China when he spoke out against the genocide of uh, Uyghur Muslims in China. And LeBron previously had said that we are more than just athletes. We should not shut up and dribble. Daryl Morey speaks out about something legitimate, and LeBron tells him to shut up and that he doesn't know anything. Maybe it has something to do with LeBron's assets in Nike being made manufactured in China. Just a thought. Um, the second thing was take not giving wow. not giving Jokic that's not a hot fucking, take. That, that's a thing. That's definitely yeah. a thing. the second take is uh, not giving Jokic any credit whatsoever when they get swept, and instead making the whole narrative about himself and not about the Nuggets whatsoever. What was on first take the next morning, Jordan? Is was that it? LeBron's fault? Is that LeBron's yes? It is LeBron's fault. fault What's on first goes, take? It is because he knows how to dude. Everything he does is so calculated, and for him to say. To announce that little retirement thing, he knew what he was doing, dude. This has nothing to do with the take. You bought, you bought my take. I sold it. So no, I, I, I bought. I sell. I sold it. I said, <laughs> "Fuck no, I'm not buying that goddamn take." Are you serious, dude? Who's better than them? Who I'll name tell you the team that, that is better? They can't them. stay healthy, Jordan. They cannot. Wait, it doesn't healthy. matter. We're gonna have they... AD for 48. What do you mean it doesn't matter? Your whole take is that they have the fourth best record. If they, if they, they will do a, a they playoff will. push like they did with old guys getting good at the end of the season, like LeBron and AD, they're not gonna be a top four team. They made the push because of their depth. They made it because they brought in Vanderbilt. You, your argument Reeves was that they sell awesome D'Lo. because Rui's <laughs> awesome. They're, they're getting get rid of Rui. D'Lo's walking. They're gonna okay. lose Rui okay. and they're gonna lose D'Lo. And Malik Beasley has been liking Nas Reed's posts and wants to go back to Minnesota. Malik Beasley barely played. Lonnie Walker's a good player. Don't give me this Lonnie Walker. Don't give me this Lonnie Walker. Oh my God. Jared Vanderbilt is a good player. Okay. AD. I like him. He's good. AD is going to get hurt at some point. We know that. (laughs) He can play friggin' 60 games and they will have a top two record in the West. And LeBron's Iron Man. So he's going to play like 80 games and they're going to be fine. LeBron's 49 years old. I don't know if he's going to be Iron Man anymore. <laughs> all right, I'm selling uh, all right. that. That's a bad take. Selling that. <laughs> yeah, I'm also Now it's going to happen. Now it's going to happen, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Led, what's your take? Oh, you're selling that as well, you said? Yeah, I'm selling that. Um, My next take is this is Luka Doncic's last year. Oh, no, that was my take. <laughs> no, I have the same take. No the same way. Take. That's kind of hype. I'm buying it. I'm buying it. Let's go ahead, though. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, I think he's been there for what six years now, and the best players that they put with him are Chris Asporzingis, Christian Wood, Christian Wood. And <laughs> now Kyrie, who can't seem to stay on the court for any reason. Um, I don't. He just seems like he seems disappointed all the time in the press game conferences, in the post game conferences, I mean. Um, and yeah, I don't think they're doing enough to keep him happy. And I think he knows his worth. Everyone's been saying he's a top five player in the league since one, like the moment he stepped into the league. Um, so I don't think if they have another very underwhelming season, I don't think that he has any right to stay there or he has any uh, obligation to stay there. I mean, yeah, I'm pissed. This is my take. I was so excited. I saved it for the last one. <laughs> and I'm buying it, obviously. This is a great take. They, to add on to what Letty said, they gave up their best defender 
to get Kyrie. And on paper, it looked like it made sense because Kyrie is better than Dorian Finney-Smith and uh, who who else was it? They gave up Dinwiddie, I think. But then you watch them play and it's like they can't defend anyone. They're tiny. They have no bigs. They gave up Finney-Smith and brought in Kyrie who can't defend. So I think they're going to give up like the most points in the league this year. I think they're going to lose in the first round or maybe miss the playoffs altogether like they did this past year, they could make some good signings. They could like steal Brooke Lopez. They could bring in Nas Reed, maybe Dylan Brooks for defense. But even with that stuff, like I, I think Luca will want out of Dallas at the end of the season. They just haven't shown that they can build a contender around him. Jalen Brunson was in the same draft class as Luca Doncic. Are you fucking kidding me right now? That's ridiculous. That feels, yeah, wow. that feels He's really young. Um, I re- I say that just because I love this take and I'm all in on it as well. 2018. So since since 2018, the Mavericks have drafted Trey Young, who they traded for Luca. One of the best, worst trades for Atlanta, best trades for Dallas, and re- and one of the just most lopsided trades in NBA history. We're going to talk about that um, in the future for sure. Round two, 33, they grab Jalen Brunson. Then they grab Shake Milton. Round two, 54. That's their last good betting or drafting year. After that, they drafted. Davidus Servetus. Um, then they drafted <laughs> Josh. What happened Green. to him? Uh, he's on Detroit now, so you know. Okay. Good. Twenty-three games played that year, so pretty solid. Um, then they drafted Josh Green, who I I'm a I love him, and Tyrell Terry played thirteen games. Then they drafted Wendell Moore last year, and then Kaysom Wallace this year. Um, I mean, they have not drafted well. They have not built a team, that good team around Luca at all. They let Jalen Brunson walk when they could have re-signed him earlier than what they did, and they have really mishandled the situation. Um, I'm not a Cuban fan at all. I'm a Mark Cuban fan. Um, I don't know. I just not. I just am not. And I don't see Luca doesn't owe anything to Dallas right now because he's been doing everything he can. And I don't know. Where I, my take is not. This is not my actual take, but a take I have is that I, I'm going to try and title this one the the fixing the 10-day war and it's um Luca goes to to Denver with Jokic and teams up there. Oh, whoa. That, that would throws for the NBA, dude. Yeah, that would just yeah. break shit. That wouldn't be fun at all. Little I'm a Mark Cuban uh, fan. You are? Well, I shook his hand one day. He's the only That's celebrity sick, I've ever actually. met. I I That's was starstruck. Sick. Couldn't even little, speak, so. You look a little Cubany. <laughs> you look you look a little Mark Cubany. <laughs> you think I I got some MC in me? Just yeah, green. Yeah, really green. Really just tired. like, just like half a billion, like a super tired Mark Cuban. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, well, that sucks. You're like when like Mark 50. Cuban sold computers when he was like 19, that's working 22 what? hours a day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you you mean grinding? Okay, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, and uh, the the reference to the 10 day war is when Slovenia got their independence from Serbia after a 10 day war. So you know, wow, Slovenia that's in depth. Luka, Serbia, Jokic. So I'm I'm buying that take. I'm all in. It's a great take from both of you. Um, okay. The oh, actually, you know what? One thing on that take. The only other thing is this is not gonna happen. They got a TPE. Um, it was a lot bigger than I said. I said I said five million. It's actually seventeen million. Um, in the Rashawn Holmes deal. If they renounce the rights to Kyrie, that frees up so much cap space. You go and you get a guy like Draymond, maybe. Um, and then down the road, he recruits LeBron to. Dallas that's a weird thing that's been out there I don't believe that's going to happen but that's just one of those weird ass things that 
has been out in the NBA Twitter sphere and just want to put that out there. That's a way that what we said is wrong. Um, that and that Luca ends up saying, just putting that out there. Um, my take, and this is my final one. The jazz, the jazz trade for John Collins was music to my ears, <laughs> and this one, um, is that this one is simple. With the Jazz trading for John Collins, they are now a legitimately good team in the West and should be feared for the playoffs. After this trade, the Jazz have a presumed starting five of Collins, Sexton, Jordan Clarkson, John Collins, Larry Markinen, Walker, Walker Kessler. They have a roster of all of those five guys mentioned, plus Kelly Olynyk, um, probably going to be an MVP candidate this year, uh, Taylor Horton Tucker, <laughs> Ochai Agbaji, Damian Jones, Chris Dunn, Taylor Hendricks, Keontae George, and Bryce Sensabaugh. This roster combined with the head coach of Will Hardy, who is one of the best coaches and best young coaches in the league, and Danny Ainge, who is an elite GM, who you know, will make moves if he feels that this team is going to be good. He will make difficult moves to consolidate and make this team really good. Um, I think this will this team is in position to potentially make a little run in the playoffs. Um, I like what they're doing so far. I think taking a chance on John Collins, especially for the price that he was at, is well worth it. You really gave up literally nothing and they still have a bunch of draft picks so if they're not good um you know they can you know work with their guys but i think this that starting five is is a really solid starting five um the defense of walker kessler is elite larry marketing has if he continues to perform the way that he has been performing um i think they really have something special here and if john collins can come back a little bit you're really cooking and plus they have a lot of depth on their bench i mean um say what you want about taylor horton tucker but he is a solid bench guy um, I think he was probably put in too big of positions earlier in his career, and I think maybe the prospects on him were overhyped. But him, Kelly Olynyk, Ochai Baji, I mean, and the three rookies that they got, this could be a potentially interesting team. Um, I'm selling this pretty hard. And- <laughs> <laughs> selling this for a lot of reasons, but the first reason is you did mention their depth. I think. They, it's almost like they have too much depth. They don't really have that. They don't really have a number one. They have Laurie Marketing, who's kind of a borderline all-star, and I think he shows some Gordon Hayward tendencies where, yeah, he's a bucket for a year or two, and then I just – I don't know. I don't I don't trust him. Don't I, do Gordon like that. He snapped his Lowry, ankle. He was so yeah. good. Lowry's only been a bucket for one year, though. Maybe this yeah. is – so. And he just, right. was just extremely high usage. But, no, he did play really well. Yeah. Uh, and no, you're right. I do like their core. I don't think uh, John Collins will make an impact like that on a team, especially playing off the ball. What he does, I don't. I don't really. I can't see John Collins like taking the next leap and the next step as a player. Um, and then lastly, I just think it's the depth in the West that makes me believe that this team is definitely still a playing team. If you want to talk about young teams that have more potential to do things in the West this year. I would spit out New Orleans before I would spit out the Jazz. I would spit out the Thunder before I would spit out the Jazz, the Timberwolves with Ant, um, and then maybe even the Blazers making one last push with Dame because um, they're trying to keep him happy. Uh, yeah, I do. I, I like the Jazz core. I think they're – they're solid, but I just think there's too many young teams like them in the West for them to really make any noise. Portland, um, Portland, the Pelicans, and Minnesota are all pretty deeply flawed, in my opinion. The cat, I, I'm not a cat guy. I don't like cat at all. Um, and I think that there's I, Minnesota has a weird 
vibe to it, especially like you can't play Cat and Rudy Gobert together. Um, and they're seeming to fall apart. I think Cat gets moved at this deadline, um, not in the offseason, but at the trade deadline this year. Um, and who knows what that, but this is clearly Ant Edwards' team, and I don't think Cat realizes that yet. Um, so for them, like, I, I'm not super high on Minnesota. I'm also, Portland is weird. Portland is a team that I think they're trying to do two things, sort of Warriors-like, where Warriors brought in Kaminga, uh, Wiseman, and Moody while still trying to keep intact their older core and make a run, and it fell apart and blew up in their face. Um, I think they that's sort of... They won a championship of, doing that, though. That's actually... Literally, while that was happening. That's actually, that's actually a good point, but I, I think... But those guys... No, but you're right. This year, they played those younger guys more, and yeah. it didn't work out for them. Like, and those guys didn't play in that run, really. I mean, Kaminga played um, a little bit, but really, the, in that run, those guys weren't playing at all. Um, I think part of that, too, was Wiseman was injured, so they didn't have to play him, but um, I think... Portland has their foot in both camps where they're young, but they're also trying to build around Dame. I don't know how you do that with the way that the team is set up. So I think they're pretty flawed. And then um, the Pelicans are have the highest or lowest floor, highest ceiling, I think, of the teams or in the most variability because it's who the fuck knows with Zion? Like, can we really trust this guy? Um, yeah, but even without him, they're better than the Jazz. Yeah, they could be. They They could be. So. I, I think, think the, a... the Timberwolves are better than the Jets. Like, in a seven-game series, I think the Pelicans, Timberwolves, and even the Thunder beat the Jazz. But the, yeah, the Jazz are that. so – the Jazz match up so nicely against the Timberwolves with their two bigs covering uh, the bear. I think you're overrating, like, their overall talent. Like, sometimes they they just simply don't have enough. Did you walk Walker Kessler, though, this year? Like, that guy was – He's very good, and he's very good on defense. But you're going up against – like, you think they're going to beat the Pelicans? Pelicans or that they're going to be better no. than the Pelicans or the Thunder like Not those, the those Thunder. guys have well, stars. Thunder, the Thunder don't have any bigs so they could really oh, they have on Chet. The yeah but other than Chet they don't have Poku any. right if 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 okay. Walker right. Kessler <laughs> beat you in a series Walker Kessler's not gonna yeah what, what, Lowry if Lowry beat you and it's like, what are we talking about? <laughs> I'm saying like, Lowry Walker is exactly right. I think but Lowry Walker and John def- Collins is, is are huge. That's a huge team that would at least give OKC a little bit of a run. You think with the lack of bigs? All right, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. What Max? I was busy scrambling for a third take because Letty took mine. So what was your original? What was your name for the take? What was the original like thing? Oh, the name was the Jazz trade for John's Collins. For John Collins was music to my ears. <laughs> that's the best one I and think. and what is your like prediction like you're they're making the playoffs think, what's your no, what's no, your I think ceiling. um ceiling is an interesting first round um that's that's my take is that they, so they're getting to the first round I, I think they get they get to the first round it's okay, only one yeah. game for a play-in i'm think, selling that as hard as you can sell that okay i think i'm you're selling it so hard okay i think you're underrating how they match up with minnesota um but I mean, like it's that... it's not about a matchup thing. It's about going through a regular season. Like they, I mean, I guess it is. You're competing with those bottom Western teams yeah. to get into those the bottom Western. But teams you only, only play them a few times. Like it, I, the Jazz, yeah, the I don't think. And then the play, the play. I don't think they make the play in. Like I'm looking at the what? West Dude, they right were, now. They they were they the tanked, 12th they tanked, seed. They this tanked year. the rest of the season though. I first of all, the Spurs, if Wemby's fucking awesome could be better no, than them you... i think the blazers are better than them i think the only team that's definitely not is the rockets yeah 
Well, the, dude, Portland has no defense at all. Portland is one of no, the They have Damian Lillard. He built the Blazers to a three seed in the West multiple years without any defense either. All I'm saying is with a 34-year-old with hip problems, maybe that's not – maybe don't put all your eggs in that one basket. That's all I'm saying. No, you're right about that. I, I don't think the Jazz make the playoffs. I do appreciate the take, though, and I appreciate how you're single-handedly giving these small market, uninteresting teams some airtime. That's cool. You're doing um, good there. Led, does Taylor <laughs> Hendricks feel a little busty to you? Not like big tits and ass, but like like a like an NBA bust. Because <laughs> I I've been looking at it. I just was watching his tape, and it's like, what don't you like? Well, I think he's better than Jarris Walker, who I'm not super high on. But what is what position is he one, two? What is he like? He's not very dynamic offensively at all. I mean, defensively he's nice, but offensively he's pretty limited. You want to know what I I compare him to? I compare him to Timberwolves Kevin Love. Oh, stretch for kind of a little undersized. Not obviously not that good, but I'm talking play style. Like I didn't see the passing like that. Yeah, maybe you're right. I was just thinking I mean, running the floor, <laughs> shooting, moving his feet on the perimeter, um, but also being able to kind of do like high post post ups type thing. Yeah. That's and an interesting take. Also, the defense, he's, he's, he's got good timing on blocks and stuff. Like, he yeah. can play on the perimeter, which is what I like. His defense is great. I can't get a read on him. Like, I, if you told me he was going to be great I or, good, like, really solid, I'd see that. If you told me that he's a bust, I would also see that. He's one of those guys. Um, and then Sensabaugh has a lot of injury issues. Um, I, think I think that's playmaking is, is make or break on his career, though. Yeah. So, I didn't see a ton. I mean, he has, like, those high post passing um, – situations that i was like impressed with like he made some good reads and stuff but i don't know i would like to see a little bit more from him um all right so any other takes yeah uh, well I, since since i didn't give my third one uh i'm just gonna double down on the lakers you guys are fucking okay. crazy like these guys are gonna win 60 games they i forgot to mention dennis schroeder who 60 might games be, like, you said they're the gonna win 60 Clip that. Oh my no. god. Okay. 60 <laughs> games. It doesn't have right, to be I 60. Have it can be 57, 58. Let, let it go. Stop talking. Anywhere I don't want to hear any of this bullshit. Okay. All right. <laughs> I have a take. Um, Giannis wins his second ring this year. Oh, uh, yeah. I like with it. A, with a Lopez list, Middleton list team. I Is think that, bring that's both not happening. Back. Yeah. I think they want to bring both of them back, but Chris Middleton opting out tells me that maybe he's off. Why would he opt out to guaranteed money like that with his injury history if he doesn't think he's that... taking a pay cut? He wants to be there. Okay, just wondering. I was saying, um, my mind when I saw that was, if he's opting out with a guy with his injury history at his age, he's either, you know, has a wink, wink that he's about to go get paid somewhere else, or he, um, you know, I guess would be taking a pay cut. Do you think Brooke Lopez comes back? Yes, I do. I think he also takes like like we've talked about this like veterans wanting to. First of all, this core has been together for what four years? Probably Drew yeah. Holiday, Middleton, Giannis, yeah. Brooke, Bobby Portis, Grayson Allen, Pat Connington, those guys. And I feel like they genuinely probably feel that if they didn't get hurt, this or if Giannis didn't get hurt for two games in this postseason, that they could have had an NBA title again. So I don't That's know. The... Yeah, that's true too. I mean, Giannis broke his fucking back. Like, I don't. No one's gonna remember that, and they're gonna say that the Bucks choked or whatever. Giannis, like, I thought he was gonna be out forever. He his back was fucked on that one. Same thing happened 
uh, against Phoenix too, and then he came back and yeah. put up like yeah, a fifty burger. Dislocated his knee. That was horrific. Yeah, he came back. Yeah. yeah, he's a man of steel. Yeah, that's not. I, I'll buy that take honestly. I'm buying it too. And you said the core's been together for four years. I think Drew's only been there a short time, but everyone else has been there, especially Giannis and Chris together. Middleton's been there like I'm looking at it now. It looks like close to nine years, maybe ten years that he's been on the Bucks, and Giannis has been there his whole career. So I think Middleton opting out is him wanting a long-term deal because, he, yes, he is injured, so he doesn't want to just go one year, 40 mil, and then that's his last big contract. I think he wants a long-term deal, but he's going to take less yearly, so he's not going to make 40 a year. And I think for Brooke, I talked about this with Butsy, I think, a few pods ago. Like, why at this point would you want to go waste your last – few years at on a team like Houston where you have no chance to win a ring I just think Brooke I wouldn't be shocked because he can go get paid and just he already has the ring he can live out his career and and ride off into the sunset but I think he's a winner and I think when you win a ring with these with this team and this core I think he would want to come back and I think he'll take a slight pay cut to do so. Milwaukee was my favorite going into last year. And I think I, I have them number two in the power rankings after Denver right now. So I, I like to take. I also want to Lakers. Uh, I mean, the Lakers are obviously, they're obviously not number three one on your power rankings. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're, they're, I don't know if they're, they're probably four they're after the Celts. You wanted to say five so bad, but you saw that that would have broken your take. no, Power rankings and record is different, I think, but I don't know. I think I have no idea. Is They're not as good as the Celtics, the Bucks, or the or Denver. Go ahead, Len. The Suns. Yeah, definitely. Right now, for sure. All right, that's actually yeah. um, <laughs> last thing I want to say about Giannis and this Bucks team. I feel like people. Brooke Lopez and Chris Middleton being in free agency, there being some questions being raised about the core. It kind of almost feels like for this team, I'm not saying Giannis by any means is done, but it seems like for this team, for this core, the window is kind of closing on their role players a little bit, getting older. Um, I think that's just even more incentive for the Bucks to give this this group a shot one more time. Yeah. And just to clean up, the Chris Middleton thing would be him going to like the Kings and getting paid like four years, 120, like something crazy. Not like a one year forty, yeah. That's the one thing I fear. But if he's taking a pay cut, then it depends on the free agency market. If they lose some guys, um, then I have a lot of questions. But they also brought in Adrian Griffin, a new head coach. Um, they get some, you know, a fresh voice in the room. Obviously, I think there's things that happen when good coaches have this issue where they just kind of lose the locker room and no one listens to them anymore. It doesn't make them not a good coach. But I think it's better if you move on. Um and get like Nick Nurse is an example of this. You can argue Doc Rivers, um, things of that nature. And I think getting Adrian Griffin in, who has been an assistant coach with the Bucks for a while, um, and the Raptors actually not the Bucks, and he has experience. He was a player himself. I think getting him in here, um, obviously you go through Giannis to make that pick. So I'm assuming Giannis made the pick for that coach. So uh, this is going to be a new look Bucks team, and I'm really excited to see. Um, well, I'm not really that excited because I'm a Celtics fan, but. As an NBA fan, I'm excited to see what they look like. Um, all right, let's take a quick break, and then we are going to go to Jordan, Butsy, and Zwick, who are going to do some over-under 
win total predictions for some NFL teams. Welcome back to the Lovecast. We are joined by Zwick and Butsy. Today, we're going to go over the NFC North win totals over under predictions. Maybe give out some bets. Maybe don't give out some bets. We'll see. Um, some futures for the NFL season, which we've been doing. Only a couple divisions left. We're flying through. Zwick, the last time I saw you, you were dominating a college league bitty game mm. against against Butsy's team, nonetheless. Mm. Is, there, is there some animosity on the pod tonight? Man, we got sold. You got <laughs> sold? Yeah, all right, all right. We just suck. No, we, we, we actually just suck. Listen, we took care of business. Zwick was an absolute menace. I think I was the tallest guy on our team, um, and I'm 5'11". So, like, that, that and Zwick's what? What do you, Zwick? 6'2". Ah, you know, it felt like more like 6'5", <laughs> but you know, it is what it is. 6'2", 6'5", same thing. He dominated the post, dominated the paint, but we got the job done. So I don't think there's any animosity. Uh, regular season game, maybe come playoff time, it might be a little different. But yeah, From the sideline, he looked like prime boogie cousins just mm, eating that's up rebounds. Great comparison. <laughs> Making great everyone comparison. look tiny. Zwick, were you a tight end in football? What were you? Tight end, yeah, and linebacker. Yes. Got end. it. Yeah, and then you got a bunch of little babies on Butsy's team. It's just not really fair. But – Butsy's team did pull out the win, so there, there is that. But Zwick with a nice 25 piece. Let's get into the NFC North. We'll start with the Lions, my favorite team. I'm very excited to watch this team this year. Their win total set at nine and a half. Over is minus 120. Under is plus 100. I got them 10 and seven. I really like this team, but nine and a half is a lot of wins. So I, I have them just barely getting over. Zwick, what do you think? Yeah, I like the Lions. I think that Jared Goff kind of took an unexpected leap last year. I don't think we really saw that coming, but I think they have the pieces, and I think the culture is definitely shifting with Dan Campbell. I mean, how can you not love him? And I think that they have the weapons now for Jared Goff. I know Jamison Williams can't stop gambling, but Amon Ross St. <laughs> Brown is really good. Uh, Jamir Gibbs is really good. So I think that their offense can be – you know, one of the best in the league. I know their offense coordinator, Ben Johnson, is easily one of the best in the league, and I think he'll be a head coach um, next offseason. So I think that the Lions can be a really good team, especially in a division that's gotten weaker with Aaron Rodgers leaving. But their defense still definitely has some holes to me on the back end. Um, I don't really love their secondary, but their defensive line is vastly improving. So I think they can make noise for sure at 10-7. and seven. I like that. I like just over. Yeah. Butsy, you're the resident gambling guy. Do you know anything about this Jamison Williams situation? I saw I, I looked at their depth chart and I saw he was suspended. I think I think it said he was suspended or questionable or something. Did you hear about this, Butsy? Because I did not. So I, I heard about it in a in a different way. Um I didn't hear there was actually Jamison Williams directly. All I saw was the NFL like reinstating, like making another post and, and sending out, you know, a reinforcement of their gambling policy. Um, I didn't really know what that was about. Obviously, we know we had the Calvin Ridley stuff last year. Um, and and if you guys, you know, if anyone knows anything about gambling, he was just making stupid ass bets that could have made him just some crazy money. And he was, you know, throwing Falcons money line in like a 16 parlay on a Sunday. And it's like, that's never going to hit. And if it does, like, fucking God bless you. But yeah, so it makes a lot like of money was, as it yeah, is. Right. Probably not scrapping for a parlay to hit. Right. So he, it's not like he was betting on his own player props, like unders or overs or, you yeah. know, the point where it would really, really affect the game. Um, so I, 
you know, I, I think their gambling policy is right, but I'm trying to find the post here. I don't know if I'm going to be able to find it on the spot, but it was, it was an interesting reinstatement of the policy. And I think it's fair. Um, I think it's fair for what the players and, and for the league to kind of keep them, you know, safe and, and not liable for any of the stuff that goes on. But I, I didn't know. I mean, much yeah. <laughs> they, they definitely got to stop gambling on their own. Yeah. hundred like, percent. Really. Uh, where do you got the lions, Butsy? I have them at, 10 and 7 as well but not a confident 10 and 7 um i'm a little shy about it like zwick said i don't love their defense i don't love their secondary uh i think obviously they're still gonna be able to score with some of the best with the best teams in the nfl uh, i think they'll have like you know t- many many high scoring games and i just don't really believe that they're gonna be able to stop anyone um especially teams that are you know can consistently throw the ball and have great wideouts um i know the division isn't great so i i think i would still you know, think of them as the favorites in the division, in my opinion, but I don't see them getting enough stops to be getting enough stops on defense consistently throughout the season to be like that, you know, a playoff team that could get a wild card win. I think they can make the wild card. I don't know if they can get a wild card win. Yeah. Zwick. Obviously, if they win the division, sorry, that automatically gets them the bid, but. Yeah. Okay. So there was a ton of talk about their draft. Uh, all of us going into the draft thought they were going to take a, a DB. They end up going Jameer Gibbs at 12, I think, and a lot of people were mad about it. You seem to like it, Swig. Is that true? I, I think at the time it was a reach. I think that there's definitely better players on the board, but, I mean, it's either going to look like a really dumb pick or a really smart pick, whether Gibbs pans out. So I think that he can do a lot for their offense. Um, I would have loved for them to take a corner personally. Yeah. But, I mean, he's a spe- he's special with the ball in his hands, sort of an Alvin Kamara-type player um can run or catch basically do it all out of the backfield so I think that he can be really be a difference maker especially with them dealing swift off to Philadelphia so I really like them their offense um don't love their defense so much kind of the same thing with last year but I think it's only on the come up I mean they did take I think Jack Campbell in the first round linebacker from Iowa but I think he was sort of a reach but nonetheless a really good player to have on your team and, you know, it's only going up from here for Detroit, I think. Yeah, I agree. They're definitely on the upswing. I am – you mentioned, like, the Jared Goff taking an unexpected leap. I was never a Jared Goff guy, and I still don't know if I'm a, a Jared Goff guy, but it was crazy to see that offense start humming and Goff start actually making some good plays. So, um, yeah, Amon Ra, I think, is a real number one. Obviously, Jameson Williams needs to get back on the field. Marvin Jones Jr., I don't know if if he's good anymore, to be honest, but they've got enough on offense. Obviously, that backfield, two new running backs, they bring in David Montgomery as well. They lost Swift and Jamal Williams, so it's kind of a, a new backfield, but not in a bad way at all. You got two good, solid backs, so we'll see what the Lions do. Obviously, we're excited for them because we like Dan Campbell and, and uh, all the culture and the high-scoring offense, but Lions, 10 and 7, probably no bet there. I think it's just that's that's a lot to expect from the Lions to hammer that over. Yeah, I, I agree. I want to – I always felt like David Montgomery has been in the league a long time, and I felt like he always had – like he had a few great seasons and then had, you know, injuries and, and, a, and a slight decline in his play. He's 26 years old. Like I, I forget – I think I looked this up after the NFL season or during the NFL season last year. He's so young. Or when uh, they acquired him, I, th- I believe they looked it up, and I was shocked to see that he was this young. Um, he, if he could get back to, 
you know, his, his first couple of seasons, the way he was playing. I mean, he was a top fantasy running back. He was one of the top running backs in the league. If he can get back to that, uh, this offense already with their great wideouts, uh, they're already pretty explosive, but if they get uh, that consistent running game, I know losing, um, they had it last year, but bringing in that new core, obviously it's going to take a little bit to get uh, acclimated with the offensive line and the system and all that. But if they can get that clicking, this team is going to put up a lot of points on Sundays and be really fucking fun to watch. Yeah. I think that's a good one, two punch with Gibbs and Montgomery. Montgomery doesn't need to take all the carries and beat, beat himself up. So we'll go to Montgomery's former team, the bears. They are, at seven and a half, they only had three wins last year, and they're now at seven and a half. They're at minus one thirty for the over and plus one ten for the under. I actually have them under at seven and nine. They added Claypool and DJ Moore. I think Vegas probably expects uh, Justin Fields to take a jump. I expect him to take a jump too, but I don't. I don't think they're five wins better than last year's. Zwick, where you at? Yeah, and five wins is a lot for me. I think that the Bears team as a whole can take a jump. And I think they can basically, I think they could split with everyone in this division. But I still don't see it happening that much. I mean, they just still have too many holes. I think that next year, we can really talk about the Bears being a serious playoff team two years from now. But this year, I just don't really see it. Um, they did give Justin Fields, DJ Moore, and Chase Claypool. And their offensive line is still questionable. Their secondary is extremely questionable. And they have to guard some of the best, I don't know, the best receiver in the league and Justin Jefferson in that division. And Amon Ross St. Brown, Christian Watson is on the come up. Like, I don't see them being able to stop the, those guys very much in the division. So I am concerned with their defense. I think that they 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 spent a lot in free agency, and I think that it's going to pay off. But I don't think that it'll pay off enough, really, at least not this year. I think that two years from now, for sure. But this year, I think that there's still, there's still some pieces away. And I think that they can get there with the big Justin Fields leap this year. But I still think they're a little far away. So I'd go under. I'm 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 around the same the same as you. I don't feel confident on this line either way, but I'm a big Matt Eberflus guy, uh, and I think he's going to be a key in Justin Fields taking that next big step. Um, getting a full season of him, he has 30 years of coaching experience, 13 in the NFL. He's been around the block enough, um, and I think he knows what Justin Fields kind of needs. You know, when you have uh, 17 years of coaching experience in college and and you know with young players and and kind of seeing how they develop. And then 13 in the league as well, um, kind of being able to see those young guys develop and, and what it takes for them to get better. I think Eberflus, um, is, I think they're all, they're all in on Justin Fields, and I think that's why they brought in these weapons. And I think they expect him to have a much better year. But I'm with Zwick. Uh, I still think they're a couple years away from being like a true playoff team. So I don't really feel one way or another about this team. I like this team a lot more than I did last year. Uh, I think Justin Fields is phenomenal. Um, is he the best running quarterback in the NFL? I think he's got to be. Oh, man, that's hot take. Dude, we got Jalen Hurts. We got Lamar. Fields got is Lamar. great. Yeah, I, I forgot about Lamar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Justin Fields broke so many records last year with his legs. Yeah. I mean, he was so elusive. There was one clip where uh, they were playing the Dolphins, and it was a back-and-forth game. It was a great game. He ran out of bounds, and fucking Mike McDaniel looked at him and was like, can you fucking stop? Like, can you fucking <laughs> stop running, please? Like, we can't stop you. So um, excited to see what Fields can do. Um, I'd like to see him throw the ball a little more this year now that he has 
you know, DJ Moore and um, who's who they had? Uh, fucking Claypool. Claypool as well. Um, I'm not a big Claypool guy, but I'm a big DJ Moore fan. So I expect a lot out of those, uh, out of the wide receiver core this year. And I expect Justin Fields to throw the ball uh, more, but use his legs when necessary. Yeah, he's one of the the guys that you you know he's going to run and there's still not a lot you can do with it yeah. because he's so explosive and electric with the ball in his hands. And it was weird. I didn't think he was that crazy athletic in college, but it, since I've watched him in the pros, he's just lightning fast. So let's do the fields talk real quick. Zwick, where are you at with fields? Like how good is he going to be? How good can he be? Is he going to take a huge Jalen Hurts size leap this year? What do you think? I think I I am personally I am all in on Justin Fields. I I really like him. I think that his floor is really high with what we saw towards the end of last year where he can be that elite elite rushing threat and be the best running back or what whatever you want to call it player with the ball in his hands on his team. I mean, we saw him break rushing record after rushing record last year. He was just insane towards the end of the year. And so I think just having that rushing floor really helps him you know, it can develop his game as a passer too, as well. Defenses have to respect his rushing so much that they'll have to come up and then he can really hit those whole shots down the field. So I think that he can be a really good quarterback. Um, I think that if this year we don't see the passing leap, I would definitely be concerned, but I'm very confident in him and the fact that we'll see that passing leap from Justin Fields this year. We might need a Zwick film breakdown on tiktok for justin fields at some point (laughs) butsy what do you think is he like a like do we see him as a future top five qb because i i just don't think i could go there i think there's too many good quarterbacks there's too many good quarterbacks coming up too yeah yeah the the quarterbacks in the nfl the young quarterbacks are fucking unbelievable i mean you can just go down the list and um it's it's star after star everywhere you look um but I, I don't think that like him being a top five quarterback, like if he's a top 10 quarterback with all the great quarterbacks in this league, I think that's a big time success and a really yeah. big win for the bears franchise who haven't had a QB in a very, very long time. I mean, Mitch Trubisky for a year uh, and they got double doinked, but um, you know, Jay Cutler, if you want to go back that far, but like, if you try to think about besides those two, who's been their consistent quarterback, um, they haven't really had one and a, and a good one at that. So, uh, I'm excited for what Justin Fields can bring to Chicago. I think he's going to be their franchise quarterback for a long time. I really like him, but you know, with all these quarterbacks, fucking Mahomes, Herbert Burrow, I mean, hurts, you can just go down the list and, and it's star after star top 10 quarterback in the league in the next three, four years, I think isn't out of the question at all. And I think that's a, you know, I still think the Bears could absolutely make noise in the future with him being a top 10 quarterback. I don't think he has to be, yeah. you know, a top five, you know, elite of the elite for this Bears, Bears team to, to be good. Um, obviously, they have a lot to uh, to do to fill out the roster with the running game uh, in the backfield, as well as on the defense side, like Zwick alluded to. But I, I like the direction they're headed with her, uh, with uh, Fields. Yeah, I agree. I didn't expect Butsy to be a big Eberflus guy. Is there a reason for that? Was he a, a college guy for a long time? He was a uh, guest on part of my take okay, one time. There, there him, it is. Yeah, him and, the, him and the GM. They had him on, and uh, you want to talk about a football guy that just is like zero bullshit, just all football. It's him, uh, and like I said, I think his experience is is 
is, you know, it's like uncomparable or obviously it is comparable for some coaches, but that much <laughs> coaching experience uh, with a young QB as well, uh, I think could be really, really good for this team. Cool. I like it. PMT guests. All right. We're going to go to the Packers now. Their win total is seven and a half and they are both minus 110 for both the over and the under. I actually have them sneaky nine and eight. I looked at their schedule. I go through, I don't think you guys do this, but I go through game by game and I do it and I had them win in nine games. So I, I thought it was a decently easy schedule. They do play the chiefs. So they're going to lose by like 50 that day. But other than that, like they have a, a pretty decent schedule. It, it's all about Jordan love to me. So Zwick, let's start there. How good is Jordan love and how good do you think the Packers are? I think Jordan Love can be a good player. I, th- I feel like he's gotten a lot of unnecessary hate, like, uh, over, like, the media for Well, hang reason. on. Didn't, like, recently all of the coaches of the Packers come out and be like, yeah, he's okay. Like, he has a long way to go. And, like, everyone's asking them, trying to get them to, to hype up their young QB, and no one's doing it. And the media is kind of blowing that up to me, and they're they're making it a bigger deal than it is. Yeah, I, I don't know what that's all about. I, I don't know. That's that doesn't seem like a big deal to me. I, I think he can be really good. I think that he has like the physical tools to be a really good quarterback. I know he was really, really raw coming out of Utah state um, a few years ago, but I think he can be a really good player. And I think that the Packers have two, you know, very, very young receivers who can develop into good players and Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson. I know we saw Christian Watson kind of go crazy at the end of last year. But I think that those two can really develop and take a jump this year. That can be sort of an underrated young core that you know can be exciting and can make some noise in a few years. Probably not this year, but i I think they I think they can surprise people at like nine and eight, maybe ten and seven. I wouldn't go that far. I think nine and eight is probably Ooh. their ceiling. Um, yeah. But I think that you know. Um, their defense is still really, really good. I think it's really underrated. Jair Alexander is one of the best corners in the league. And Rashawn Gary is one of the best pass rushers in the league. And Kenny Clark is one of the best nose tackles in the league. So I think that their their defense can still be really good. And I think that was it was really good last year. And I think it can be again. Um, it, obviously, there's a lot of question marks with Jordan Love. You know, the offense um, is kind of riding on him, you know, if he's going to show up and be the player that they expect him to be, or if he's going to disappoint, we really haven't seen him. It's kind of, it's kind of exciting because he's kind of like a rookie this year. Yeah. So I'm excited to watch him, but I, I have high, I have high hopes. I think they, they can be nine and eight around there. Yeah. He love is still, he sat two years. He's only 24 years old and he's, he's never had a full season as a starter. So it's going to be interesting. Butsy over or under. Give me the over. I, I really do like the over. I, I know, like, and the thing is about the coaching, like the coaching staff talking about Jordan Love, that he has a long way to go. They're not wrong. Like, he, like you said, he's been in the league for two years and sat basically all two years. And when he got thrown into a game, it was not in the best of circumstances. Um, And he didn't perform great. But he does have a long way to go. But I, I, I don't feel like teams should be, you know, the Packers should be feeling negative about him. Um, I think when – you have a coach like LaFleur and who's one of the best minds in football um, combined with like a young quarterback kind of, you know, some not, you know, I, I don't think Iberflus is as good of a coach as LaFleur, obviously, but I, I really think Jordan Love could be a great quarterback in the future. I just think that it's going to take time. 
Um, but I do think that this defense can be good enough. I, I think that like, you know, Jair, Jair Alexander is probably a top five Q uh, corner in the league, maybe top three corner in the league. I mean, we saw what he did to Justin Jefferson last year um, when they played a couple times. I mean, he fucking locked his ass down the second time they met in Green Bay. So I, I, I like this defense. I think Jordan Love will be serviceable this year uh, after, you know, getting a full season of a full preseason and OTAs and all that. So I, I think that they're good enough to get eight wins. I, I do really believe that they can get eight wins this year. Yeah, they're going to have a good run game, too. Still got Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Obviously, Jordan Love's super athletic, can run the ball. LaFleur, Butsy mentioned, very good mind. To me, he just gives bad vibes. I don't know if it was the Rodgers and LaFleur vibes or if it's just LaFleur in general. I don't – on a vibe scale, like I'm at like a, mm. like a three with him. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, I don't know. That's a low on the vibes. That's pretty low. I don't know. <laughs> I really? I changed my prediction. Give me an explanation. <laughs> no. Give me, give I me mean, an explanation yeah. for the vibes. I just don't like him at the podium. I think he seems like cocky and there seems to always, there was like always this weird tension with him and Rogers, I thought. And I, I don't know. I just didn't like it. It's Rogers. No one, no one else saw that. That was just me. I mean, it was Rogers, I guess, but I we'll see. I, don't know. I, my, my vibes on Matt LaFleur, are not something I think about. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. I don't, I don't, no, I don't really, I didn't really watch his, a lot hey, of his post- I mean, press conferences this year, but Hey, listen, you, you watch more film than us. You gotta, hey, you gotta, yeah, you <laughs> Watch watch him at the podium, dude. He's going to give you the heebie-jeebies. All right. Vikings, eight and a half. Over is at minus 130. Under at plus 110. I got them going over. I have them 10 and seven, tying with the Lions um, to win the division. Zwick, what do you think about the Vikings? I know you like Jay Jett, as we all do. Yeah, the, the Vikings are so talented on offense that it's so hard to put them under eight and a half, but I could so see it happening. At, like, they have a easily, you know, probably the best receiver in the league. You could argue top two, but probably the best. And I still don't like their chances. I mean, we saw them win, I think it was like eight or nine one-possession games last year. Good point. And um, I just don't see that happening again. Like I just see that re- naturally regressing. That's just doesn't really happen back to back years, teams winning a lot of close games. I just think that naturally they're going to lose those games next year just because the ball doesn't go their way sometimes. And their secondary is absolutely atrocious. Like I might be the worst in the league. So, I mean, they lost Patrick Peterson. They, did sign Byron Murphy, who's a good player, but I still think they have so many holes on defense. Like, I, I couldn't name a strength on their defense right now. I guess you could say Byron Murphy and Harrison Smith, but I think Harrison Smith is washed personally, and I think Byron Murphy isn't, you know, that superstar player that they need. So yeah. I really am concerned with their defense. I mean, we saw it being absolutely awful last year. I did like them hiring Brian Flores as their defensive coordinator this offseason. I think that can help a lot. But at the end of the day, you have to have the players, you know, they ha- you have to have the players who can play ball and get those stops that you need. Like we saw them couldn't they couldn't get a stop in the wild card game against Daniel Jones. So I'm yeah. still very concerned with that, but their offense is just really, really good. And I think Justin Jefferson and TJ Hawkinson can make Kirk Kirk Cousins look a lot better than he is. And I think they'll they'll do that all year, and they'll win. They should beat all of their easy opponents well. And I know they won't, but they should. Right. 
So just because that's the team that they are is that they're always in close games. They're kind of like the Chargers. So I would go over, but not much. I think 10 and 7 is a good is a good look. Maybe 9 and 8 just because their defense is literally atrocious. But their offense is just too talented to be that bad of a team. What's going on with Dalvin? Is he on the team? No, he's cut. He got fully cut, huh? Fully what, dropped. Like, like he's yeah. not on any team. No. Wow. That's that's and there's been no there's been no noise about him this offseason, but I have a question for Jordan. Well, mm. okay. Give me it. Oh, you, you, you have something to say. I mean, <laughs> I, it's, I, it's I, on the to know. I had a question for you. Oh, okay, well, <laughs> I go first. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I know you're the host here, but let, can, can the guest ask a question? Uh, roles reverse. Let's do it. I'm down. We're talking about uh, you know, vibes meters. Give uh-huh. me a give me a confidence meter on Kirk Cousins because I'm you want to talk about a guy that's had a three or four in my opinion. Okay. I think last year, obviously, you know his his talent around him made him look great, and and like Zwick said, made him probably look better than he is. But it's hard to replicate multiple years in a row, and they won so many close games. But where where are you on Kirk? Well, I'll put it this way: last year I had an argument with my roommate about Kirk Cousins versus Kyler Murray. So two not great guys that you want to be arguing about. I said Kyler was better. My roommate told me to name 10 QBs that were clearly better than Kirk Cousins. And I struggled. I got, I got there, but I think Kirk's around like 12, 13 in the league. So in regular season, especially I have confidence in Kirk. It's the playoffs and making a deep run where you start to look at Kirk and be like, okay, he's not going to get by these really good teams and these really good defenses and these other really good um, quarterbacks. But I think Getting to nine wins, th- this has Kirk Cousins written all over it. Mm. it. Does it does it does? All right, what's I your like what's it. your question? I'm, I'm I just want to know if you're over under if you're throwing money anywhere. Uh, probably not here, honestly. Um, I don't have a lot of faith. I, you know what? I I'll tell you a guy that I do like on this team, and that's Alexander Madison. Like he was just Dalvin like two for Dalvin's I guess reign as as the RB one in Minnesota. I'm excited to see what he can do. I mean, he is fucking quick. He's fast. He's explosive. Um, I don't think he reads his reads are as good as Dalvin's, but when that guy gets an open field, man, he's fucking gone. And he was an incredible second option for a long time in Minnesota. Um, I I do really like him this year. I think he's going to have a very, very solid season uh, as the RB one now in Minnesota. Yeah, that's, that's fair enough. I mean, they both had the long dread. So it was, Tough to tell who is who sometimes. Like, is that number two or number four? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Madison's good. Um, Butsy, where are you at with Kirk? I mean, are are, are you like he's a bottom 15 guy? Zwick? I think he's a, you, is I think he a he's bottom like, 15 guy. I think he's no. like a 15 guy. I, okay. I think he's I think he's like 12 or 11. Yeah, I think I, you'd I think be surprised that... once you get around like 11. It gets hard to start naming guys. I think yeah. he's like right – below kyler and right above Derek carr oh above Derek carr wow damn that that hurts i used to like Derek carr but oh well yeah, <laughs> yeah. a couple bad years i i thought he his team was always bad but he was good oh yeah he was always there's bad. some stat where like he's had like the worst like blocking in mm-hmm. like the first like seven years of like worst o-line like some like some like percentage, like win percentage of O line that Derek Carr has had in like the first seven years of his career, and like any other quarterback, like he has yeah. had never had any help until he got Devonta Adams. 
then he got Devonte Adams, and then they shipped his ass off. So yeah, well, I mean, I I don't think McDaniel's helped him very much, but when you win way less games than you're supposed to, it kind of yeah. makes sense. Okay, so let's let's expand on this Kirk thing a little more because I just pulled up the NFL's ranking of the you know all 32 NFL quarterbacks uh, at the end of the 2022 season. So after last year's Super Bowl, um, they had Kirk sitting at 17. Wow. Some notable guys. Everything you read online. No, of course not. No, 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 no. I'm just, this is just, you know, an NFL columnist opinion. Um, but a few key guys they had over him. Kyler was 16. Brock Purdy at 15. Aaron Rodgers. At <laughs> Brock Purdy Aaron is at, not better than Kirk. Cousins. That's crazy. Aaron Rodgers at 14 is also criminal. Okay. Uh, yes. Justin Fields above him. Lamar above him. Brady, obviously. Uh, Dak at 10. Geno Smith at 9. I like Gino over him. I like Gino. Brady's not in the league anymore, so that's kind of Correct. tough. That, one. that automatically bumps him up a spot, <laughs> but he's not better than Lamar. Mm-mm. He's not better no. than Dak. No. Mm-mm. He's not better than you think he's better than Fields right now? Nah. Uh, that one's like that's that, really that is that. like where he is. That's like the 13, yeah. 14 range I, that yeah. Kirk is at right now. I think if I'm like contending, which I guess you could say the Vikings are doing, I'd rather have Kirk Cousins. Yeah, but like I don't, I'm not even that confident in that decision because right. just feels this like I even like obviously his ceiling is so much higher because he's so much younger, but even like his ceiling for this year I think is just so much higher. Like just oh, yeah. season, like I think that he can be so much better this season than Kirk Cousins can be, and obviously Kirk Cousins doesn't have the rushing ability that Justin Fields has. We all know that, but even as like a passer, I think that like. If Justin Fields was a Viking, I I like that would be probably the best offense in the league or one of the best. Like I think that that would be very scary. Oh, so so then I guess you kind of you kind of backtracked on what you said. You said if they're <laughs> contending, you'd want yeah Kirk, but if they had Fields, they might be one of the most you know exciting and explosive offenses in the NFL. Yes, but maybe I just don't think the Vikings are contending. Yeah, they're just like. They they just have Kirk. I, I don't know if you can't contend with Kirk, in my opinion. I mean, I, I found. Think have... Go ahead, Zwick. Sorry. I think they're picking top five if eighteen isn't on their team. Like it's oh. ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. It, I found like, this I... silly list, Butsy. And okay. It's not Jared, a good list. Jared Goff is at eight, and I know he made a big jump, man. But like, he's not. He's not better than Dak Prescott. He's not. No. He's not better than Lamar. He's, He's better than better. Kirk. <laughs> is he? And they have Tua at seven. Like, I don't know. I think you could argue Kirk over all those guys. I think we're they also remembering have Kenny Pickett. They have Kirk. Kenny Pickett above Derek Carr. <laughs> yeah, That's I mean, <laughs> I, I, I stand by what I said. I think Kirk's around 12, 11, 12. I agree. I'm going to say 14. I'm going to be different. I'm going to say he's probably <laughs> – I'm going to look in – you're saying 11, 12. I'm thinking more 13, 14. I mean, it's, we're splitting okay. hairs at this point, but. Well, mm. we didn't we didn't give out any bets, but we gave out a great Kirk Cousins top ten discussion. So it's the one you didn't know you needed. Yeah, yeah. good for us. Good Everyone for us, wins. and good for the listeners. Okay, we're gonna wrap this up here. Thank you all for listening. I believe this is gonna be on the one hundredth episode of the Lovecast. So thank you all for sticking with us. Hundred episodes in, oh. we got a lot of stuff coming. Butsy, what's up? Something that's coming down the pipeline. Uh, announced today. Jets, hard knocks, basically mm. talking that like that's basically going to happen. I don't think the Jets wanted it to happen, but 
Uh, yeah, reluctantly forced. preparing is the quote for Hard Knocks to come in and do the New York Jets, which is going to be so entertaining, but also interesting for a team that just doesn't want. I like no team. I I, I guess wants Hard Knocks, but uh, the Jets have a lot going on this year, and it's going to be exciting to do, uh, exciting to watch. And we're going to do uh, breakdowns and you know reviews of each Hard Knocks episode coming out this summer. So later in the summer but obviously when they when it comes out but i'm excited for that yeah we're running out of divisions so that's going to be a great replacement for these episodes it. all right zwick thanks for coming butsy see you soon and everyone thank you for listening and peace all right real quick it's max here i just wanted to say a little goodbye um goodbye to the love cast it is amazing that we got to 100 episodes of one thing I can't believe it. I would have never thought when I started the show in my bathroom <laughs> at my tiny apartment in Tennessee that it would be what it is now and that it would have 100 episodes with, you know, 10,000 different listens and all that. I am truly humbled and just extremely, you know, lucky to have such a great team to work with and such great fans and people that are willing to listen to this. We are going to be changing over to the couch as I mentioned before. And it's a little bit bittersweet to see the name and the logo go, but it's going to be for the best. Um, we're going to be making some big moves here. We're going to be trying to tighten up ship and bring the best content forward that we can. Everything, all the socials are going to be changed to the couch. Um, if you're subscribed to our feed, you will still see the Lovecast, but it'll actually be the couch now. So if you get a notification saying that the couch has posted a new episode, that's what this is. This is going to be the last episode of the Lovecast. And... Yeah, thank you all to the fans and anyone who's ever supported us or listened because I really, truly appreciate it. I never thought that this would be where it is right now. And stay tuned. We have a lot of big things coming. I know I've been saying that for a while, but it's this is what we've been alluding to the whole time, this whole rebranding. We're tightening up ship. We have a really solid team around us now. And stay tuned because there's big things coming. There's going to be coaches coming on. We're going to have MLB segments, betting segments. We're consolidating. We're making a better product for you, the listener. So thank you all for listening. And for one final time, thank you all for the, listening to the Lubcast. Um, we'll be back soon with new episodes of The Couch. The Couch.